Okay. That's all I'm doing. They say that, you know, we only have fear. You, you know, you fear fear because of fear itself. And I say it's because I'm too high. It's why I'm afraid. Well, you think it's hot, you ought to be here. I'm telling you right now. We're going to be doing something today, starting today, the comeback series. And we're about to have the biggest comeback in American history. It is going to happen. Let's give it up for that. Give it up. We're coming back. Well, if you're going to have a comeback, you got to have a setback. So I think we've all uh, figured that one out. So we're going to figure out how we get this comeback. And today we're going to be talking about that. And one of the things that happened in the story that we're going to talk about with Jesus was there was a story on the way to a story. That's kind of what happened. But I thought I'd let you know some of the biggest comebacks in history, and of course, it is sports, because I love sports. Some of you were not born when I mentioned this one. 1993, Buffalo Bills. If you remember, you remember this one? This is good. They were down 35 to 3 the second half. Everybody left. Everybody left. They came back, and they won the game in overtime with a field goal. So I'm the guy who pulls for the underdog. You know what I'm saying? I, I kind of like pick a football team, and I, I just like the sports itself. Sometimes I have my team, sometimes I don't. I just like somebody telling me it can't be done, and I love the underdog. A couple other ones. Let me give you that uh, next one here. Uh, New England Patriots, anybody know them? So you actually like them? Some of them, oh my goodness. They, you know, he had, you know he had, they have the GOAT, Tom Brady, so just letting you know. Uh, 2017, Lama Falcons uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, the Patriots down 28-3 to in the third quarter. And if you remember, they came back and they won in overtime. They broke 30 different records, NFL records, by winning that game. So I like an underdog. I don't think New England was the underdog, but I do like an underdog in a comeback. 2015-16, Cleveland Cavaliers were moving to basketball. They were down 3-1, down to 3-1 to in the championship games. And uh, nobody ever in history had come back from three to one, and the Cleveland Cavaliers made it happen. They came back. So here, here's what I'm saying. Let's talk about the comebacks for us and what we're going to be doing. And uh, one of the things I do know that Jesus never gives up on anyone. And so when I talk about comeback, let's talk about people. And one of the things I have noticed is that uh, we really wish people would find God. We want people to find God, maybe your family or your friends. Uh, whatever that is, and we really want that to happen, and we pray so hard to make that happen, but you have to know that God never gives up on anyone, and there's no one too far from God that God cannot reach. That's what you have to know. So a couple of things as we have a story, and here's what I would say to you. Uh, you, you have a plan. You have a thought what was going to happen this year, and you have your story. This is how it's going to work. This is what's going to happen. And then there's a story that happens within the story on the way to the story. And it's the same thing that happened with Jesus Christ. So here's what I would say. No one is too far from God that God can't reach. And the other thing I would say in this story is that God, when it comes to storms, there's no storm too big for God. And so those are the two things as we go into this, as we start walking through, this is what we're going to start paying attention to. So here, here's what I would say. To have a comeback you have to have a setback. And so this is where we are. Jesus Christ has been speaking to everybody, and he's been well-known all over the world. And I know there's a lot of people watching us all over the world now. And so Jesus, 
at this time was speaking, and he was, um, he was in a boat on a lake. And so finally, it had come time that he was going to leave. He had to get away from the crowds, those kind of things. And so that was, that was about to happen. So I'm going to read something to you. Things to remember on the way to the other side. Here's what you got to remember. No one is too far from God. Remember that. And there's no storm too big for God. You got those two? As we get into the story. So first things first, here's what happened with Jesus Christ. We got to figure out where we're going. And if you're not careful when you read this, if you go to the app and click on there, you'll have my notes and you can follow along. But if you miss this part, you'll miss the whole story. So that day, this is Mark 4, 35 through 41. He says, that day, when evening came, he says to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. For me and you, we would read that as he's going to get in a boat on this side and go to the other side. Well, the other side, what meant, it meant to the disciples, and in this day, the, the Decapolis was a place you did not go. Decapolis was 10 cities, pagan cities. They did not believe in God, and a rabbi surely, like Jesus Christ, would not go over there. This is the place, this is the part of town where mama said, don't go. Y'all know where that is? I don't know where you, what that town, mama told me not to come. Y'all know that song? And I'm just telling you, okay, thank you. But that is, this is what's happening here. They're going to go to this place, and they don't want to go. So Jesus and him get in the boat, and they're getting ready to go to the other side, which was not a good place. So let me read some stuff. So leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as it was in the boat. There were also some other boats. So this is a story that is happening within the story, because the real story is on the other side. Then I, watch, watch what happened. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The Son of God was asleep. He wasn't really worried about the storm, but everybody else was. And what was amazing about this story, these were fishermen, they understood what a storm looked like. And there was a lot of boats out there, and they were afraid they were going to die. The winds were blowing, the rain, all the waves were coming over the boats. So the disciples said, let's go wake him up. Now, at this point, I don't think they had any idea of what Jesus could really do, but I know that he was asleep. And so they went to get him. The disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? How can it be possible that Jesus Christ could sleep through a storm? How is it possible? Was he that tired? Was he that sleepy? Did he need that much rest? That is something. But here's what you have to know. Whatever you have command over, you have peace over. I want you to understand this story that is happening on the way to the story. So whatever you have command over, you have peace over. And so this is something that you need to know about what happened. Even Jesus Christ experienced storm, a storm on the way to the story, on the way to the other side. So here's, here's the thought for you. I can give it two or three ways with the story within the story, but here's what I would say. Whenever a storm happens, and it did happen, you know, we were on the, our way to do something else, and then this thing happened uh, that took us all out. So on the way to this other story, this thing happened, and here's what I would say. Jesus will either do two or three things with you. When you get into a storm, he will either calm the storm or he will calm you. But one thing you need to know, that he's always in the boat with you. So this is what the disciples were, were forgetting was that the Son of God was in the boat. 
Do you really think it's going to sink? So maybe I should, should have said just that the Son of God's in the boat with you, so it really doesn't matter about the storm. So he will either calm you or calm the storm, and that's what he did. But he, he was really upset with the disciples, like uh, at some point you're going to have to have faith. At some point you're going to have to believe what we do. He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm, like it is right now. Can you imagine seeing this sight? He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I've raised the dead. I've, created, I've done all the miracles. Are you not understanding what we're doing? Do you understand that I'm in the boat? You're not going to sink. And that's the story within the story. Why are you so afraid? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So the story on the way to the story because the story is, we're going to go to find this somebody that everybody thinks is lost and can't be redeemed. We're going to go to that, that person on the other side. That's the real story going to the other side. But in the middle of that story, this story happened, and God just told everybody, I'm in the boat. You should never be afraid. And this is what the disciples were thinking. So there's no one, let's go there, there's no one too far or gone too far that's out of God's reach. Your family members, the people you pray for, all this, there's no one too far that God can't get to. So now, in this story, we're going to the other side. The Acropolis, where everybody, where the pagans were, where everything was happening that no one would ever go, now Jesus is going to go there. And now, listen very carefully. This is where the story gets really interesting. So they were on their way over. They went across the lake to the region of Jerezes. I'll let you figure out that word. But it was part of the Decropolis. There's 10 cities there. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Let's get this picture. We land on the other side. We land at a graveyard, and there's tombs everywhere. And a naked man comes running out of the tombs. I want you to picture that. No, excuse me, don't picture the naked man. Picture what's happening. He just landed, and here we are. The first thing that happens on the other side is a man runs out of the tombs, comes running after Jesus Christ, up to Jesus Christ, and they called it an impure spirit, which means he was demon-possessed. How do we know all this? Let me read some. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Nothing could hold this man down. They'd already tried. No one was strong, no one was strong enough to subdue him. What the people did is they wrote this guy off. He's demon-possessed. He's dangerous. Let's chain him in the tombs. So they begin to chain him in the tombs. Now, remember... This is a write-off. This is the guy that nobody thinks anybody can do anything for. He's a write-off. But remember, there's no one too far that God can't reach. So here, this is the story that was happening, but we had a story on the way. But this is the real story that what God is trying to tell us. And you'll see this as we move through this. So nothing gets to do him night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell at his feet in the front of him. 
He shouted to the top of his voice. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this happening? He shouted to the top of his voice, what do you want to do with me, Jesus, Son of, of God, the Most High? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. So Jesus is calling it out. Now, let me under, let's go back. I cannot get into all the details, and I wish I could, but you can do this. You ought to go look up Necropolis and find out what's really happening in that city, in those cities. So this was, the, this was the reason why Jesus went over was because of this one man who was in the tombs, and you'll see this, and then you know how much God cares about the people that nobody else cares about. This is one of the reasons why he went across to the other side. Then Jesus said, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion, which meant thousands. In the Roman Empire, there were legions, which meant thousands. He said, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again not to send them out into the area. A large, listen, a large, it was amazing, herd of pigs were feeding in the nearby hillside. The demons were cast out. And basically 2,000 pigs ran over the side and fell into the water and drowned. 2,000 demons were in this guy. And they came out. Here's what was really amazing. I'll tell you the rest of the story. You can read more of it. So here this guy is. He comes out of the tombs with no clothes. Jesus calls him out. And in the next, in the next sentences, it says this guy was in his right mind. Wouldn't y'all like to find that every now and then? Somebody in their right mind, right mind and dressed. The disciples had given him, given him clothes because tradition says... If you have two of something and somebody's in need of something, you give one away. So let's make sure you understand what happened. If you have two of something and somebody's in need of something, you give one away. And that was the culture and tradition. And this is why this man was being taken care of. But that wasn't the end of the story. All the things that were happening, the thousands that people saw this, the people tending the pigs went into town and decided to tell everybody what had just happened. People began to run out, say, what has happened? And they saw the man sitting there. Remember the write-off? The man that nobody thought anybody could do anything for, the one that everybody had written off, they had chained him in the tombs, in the tombs. All of this had happened, and now the Bible says he is sitting there dressed and in his right mind because of Jesus Christ. No one is too far from God. He can get to anybody, anytime, never give up. And this is what happened. When they came to Jesus and saw the man and all the things that had happened, sitting there in his right mind, then they, told, then they went and seen and told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs as well. Then the people came to plead with Jesus to please leave the region. After all that happened, all the people came out and said, would you please leave? Would you just, just go away? We don't know what this is and what, this, what you are. So Jesus, this one trip was for one guy and one man. He went all the way to the capitalist. He healed this guy, got back in the boat, and Jesus never spoke anything about tells people or don't tell people. So what was the comeback? What is the best way to tell anybody about Jesus Christ and you may tell you how that is. A changed life is the best way to tell anybody about Jesus Christ. And this is what was happening. 
So the man, here's the comeback. Here's the comeback. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decropolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. Jesus never went in to the Decropolis. He never went further than the, than the tombs. He healed one guy that everybody written off. And this one guy in his right mind went back and told the story of what Jesus Christ did and began to change the city. So this is what the story tells us. There's no, there's no storm too big, and there's nobody too far that God can't get to. I thought this was an amazing story that he would go all the way over just for one guy and then leave. But it changed him, and it changed the cities. What will one life being changed by Jesus Christ do? What he will do for you? I know that you have family members and friends that you pray for, and you hope, God, please get to them. Please change their life. You do all of those things. We're pulling for the comeback. You know, we've had the setback. Now we want the comeback. Now we're praying. And we know Jesus Christ can change your life. And I would say to you, please do not give up. Do not have a write-off in your family. Please never write a friend off. Never write anybody off. Because God can do anything and change anybody's life. And you keep praying. He will change. He will change them. He will change you. Maybe you need the comeback. Maybe you need what Jesus Christ has today. All over, everybody's listening to us all over the country. What happens when you accept Jesus Christ in your life? Maybe you've had the setback and it's time for a comeback. You can do this with the power of Jesus Christ in your life. That is the story within the story. God loves people. God wants to get to people and he's never changed that. He's not changing it today. He's not changing it for COVID-19. He's not changing it for anything. He still wants people and still loves people and loves you. So if you would like to have a comeback and you would like to accept Jesus Christ in your life, I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. Do it in the cars. Do it online. Do it at the lake. It's going to happen. People, listen to me. Somebody right now is about to accept Jesus Christ in their life. It happens every weekend. It's been happening by seven and ten people a weekend accepting Christ. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you now. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for that Jesus Christ changes the world. And he cares about people that no one cares about and has even given up on. And so, Father, I know that you're looking for people today. I know that. And they're getting ready now to accept you into their life. So, Father, I pray with your spirit will go to these places wherever they are. Right now, if you want to accept Jesus Christ, this is it. This is your moment. This is your comeback. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I want to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not following you sooner. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for hearing my prayer and changing my life forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.